Hi, this is David. Eating right is often hard these days, but eating better is easy with Factor's ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. With Factor, there's no prep and no mess. Their meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Plus, Factor is less expensive than takeout, and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. What are you waiting for? Discover Factor's wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash living50 and use code living50 to get 50% off. That's code living50 at factormeals.com slash living50 to get 50% off. Thank you. Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. Today I would like to share with you one of our early episodes from 2016. This is one of over 100 episodes no longer publicly available. However, you can get access to our entire archive of over 650 podcasts by becoming our patron today. Plus, you'll get full transcripts, and all podcasts are ad-free. You can join for as little as $3 a month. Learn more by visiting livinghour.org slash patron. Now let's get started with this reading from the archives, which was edited and adapted from Essays on the Meaning of Life by Carl Hilty, published in 1903. I have no time. That is not only the most familiar and convenient excuse for not doing something, It is also, one must confess, the excuse which has in it the greatest appearance of truth. Is it a good excuse? I must admit that within certain limits the excuse is reasonable, but I shall try to show how it is that this lack of time occurs, and how one may, at least in some degree, find the time you need. The most immediate reason for lack of time is to be found in the character of the present age, There is today a prevailing restlessness and a continuous mood of excitement from which, unless one makes themselves a hermit, one cannot wholly escape. We say that time is money, yet people who have plenty of money seem to have no time. Thus the modern world seems pitiless in its exhortation to work. Human beings are driven like horses until they drop. Many lives are ruined by the pace but there are always more lives ready like horses to be driven. Yet the results of this restless haste are generally not convincing. There have been periods in history when people, without the restlessness and fatigue that now prevail, accomplished far more in many forms of human activity than people achieve today. Where are we now to find the scholars whose works fill thousands of volumes, 
or the artists like Michelangelo and Raphael, who could be at once painters, architects, sculptors, and poets. The nervous haste of our day cannot be wholly explained by assuming that modern men and women do more work or better work than their predecessors. It must be possible to live, if not without perfect rest, still without haste, and yet accomplish something worthwhile. The first condition of escape from this ineffective haste is beyond doubt the resolution not to be swept away by the prevailing current of the age, as though one had no will of your own. On the contrary, one must oppose this current and determine to live as a free citizen and not as a slave of either work or pleasure. Our present system of the organization of labor makes this resolution far from easy. Indeed, our whole manner of thinking about making money and our capitalistic system in general increases the difficulty. So long as there are people, and especially educated people, who work only when they are forced to work and for no other purpose than to free themselves as soon as possible from the burden of work, so long will there be many people who have too little time, simply because a few have too much. All of this, however, is a grand problem that requires radical solutions which must be left to the future. The only practical problem for our own age is to maintain a sort of defensive attitude toward our lack of time and to seek less radical ways of fortifying ourselves. Let me enumerate some of these ways. First, the best way of all to save time is to have the habit of regular work, not to work by fits and starts, but in definite hours of the day. Regular work, especially as one grows older, is the best preservative of both physical and intellectual health, as well as of beauty. Idleness is infinitely more wearisome than work, and induces also much more nervousness, for it weakens that power of resistance which is the foundation of health. Work, it is true, may be excessive, but this is most obviously the case when we care more for the result of our work than we do for the work itself. Under such conditions, it is peculiarly difficult to exercise moderation. In such cases, however, nature herself has given us a monitor in that physical fatigue which work itself produces. We need only take account of such fatigue, and not cheat it by stimulants, and then, even without much philosophizing, we will not lack self-control. The next essential point is not to have too much fussiness about your work, or in other words, not to permit yourself elaborate preparations as to time, place, surroundings, inclination, or mood. The inclination to work comes of itself when you have begun your work, and it is even true that the kind of fatigue with which one often feels when starting to work again disappears as one seriously attacks their work, and does not simply, as it were, defend themselves from it. In short, if you permit yourself habitually to stop and ask that indolent part of you, which the Apostle Paul calls the old man, what he would like to do, or would prefer not to do, the old man, or woman, is most unlikely to vote for serious work. But they can be coerced. The bad part of you must be forced to the habit of obeying, without grumbling, the categorical imperative of your better angel. 
When you have achieved this amount of soldierly discipline in yourself, then you are on the right path. And until you have reached this point, you have yet to find your way. Sometimes people tell themselves that they must collect their thoughts before they begin, or to meditate on the work they are going to do. In most cases, this is merely an excuse for doing nothing. And it is most obviously such an excuse when to encourage this preliminary reflection, the individual opens up a beer or pours a glass of wine. In other words, your best ideas will, more often than not, come while you are working, and often indeed while you are working on a wholly different topic. In close connection with this point is the habit of using fragments of time. Many people have no time because they always want to have a large amount of uninterrupted time before they set themselves to work. In such a plan they are doubly deceived. On the one hand, in many circumstances of life these prolonged periods are difficult to secure, and on the other hand, the power of work which one possesses is not so unlimited that it can continuously utilize long stretches of time. This is peculiarly true of intellectual work that is dedicated to productive effort. Of such work it may be said without exaggeration that the first hour, or even the first half hour, is the most fruitful. There are to be found in connection with every large project a great number of subordinate tasks of preparation or arrangement which are of a mechanical nature and which often can be completed in only a quarter of an hour or so. These minor matters, if not disposed of in small fragments of time which would otherwise be wasted, will absorb the time and power which should be devoted to one's most important tasks. It might indeed be reasonably maintained that the use of these fragments of time, together with the complete dismissal of the thought, it is not worthwhile to begin today, accounts for half of the positive results which one attains. Another important means for saving time is the habit of changing the kind of work in which one is engaged. Change is almost as restful as complete rest, and if you can acquire a certain degree of skill in your ways of change, a skill which comes from experience rather than from theorizing, you may carry on your work for almost the entire day. Moreover, so far as my experience goes, it is a mistake to plan that one piece of work shall be finished before another is begun. The more judicious course is that which prevails among many artists, who are often engaged in a whole series of sketches, and turn, according to their momentary inclinations, first to one piece of work and then to another. Another point to be considered is the habit of working quickly not giving too much care to outward form, but devoting one's efforts to the content of the task. The experience of most workers will bear me out when I say that the most profitable and effective tasks are often those which have been done quickly. I am well aware that Horace advises one to take nine years for the perfecting of poetic verses, but such scrupulousness presupposes an excessive notion of the quality of one's work. Thoroughness is a very beautiful and necessary trait, insofar as it concerns truth, for truth cannot be too thoroughly explored. But there is a deceptive thoroughness which absorbs itself in all manner of details and subordinate questions which are not worth investigating, or which cannot be wholly known. Thoroughness of this kind is never satisfied with itself. Indeed, it is sometimes mistaken for great learning. 
For to many people, learning is profound only when wholly detached from practical usefulness, or when an author for a whole lifetime is brooded over one book. Truth, wherever it may be sought, is, as a rule, so simple that it often does not look learned enough. People feel as if they must add to it something which is not essential to the nature of truth in order to give to truth a respectable and academic look. Among scholars, it is often the case that one must first earn their reputation by creating some piece of work which is of no use to themselves or to anyone else, wherein they heap together the hitherto undiscovered rubbish of some remote century. Many academics in their maiden venture of learned work not only have their eyesight ruined by their research, but lose their inward vision, which is a matter of much more consequence. They reach the goal of their ambition and become of no further use. Lastly, I would like to add that if one does try to use these ways of saving time, you are bound to make an important discovery about life. That is, that one of the most essential elements of happiness on earth lies not in having plenty of time to do what you want to do. The vastly greater proportion of human happiness consists in continuous and progressive work, with the blessing which is given to work, and which in the end makes worth itself a pleasure. The spirit of humankind is never more cheerful than when it has discovered its proper work. Make this discovery first of all if you wish to be happy. Most of the wrecks of human life are caused by having either no work, or too little work, or uncongenial work. And the human heart, which is so easily agitated, never beats more peacefully than in the natural activity of vigorous yet satisfying work. However, one must guard against making an idol of work, instead of serving others in the common good through one's work. Those who forget this last distinction find themselves in later life doomed to intellectual or physical collapse. There are but two blessings which may be attained by persons of every condition, which never desert one through life, and are a constant consolation during misfortune. These are work and love. Those who shut these blessings out of life commit the greatest sin of all. They do not even know what it is that they have thrown away. But it must be added that contentedness and continuous work is possible only when one abandons ambition. For ambition is always most deeply anxious not to do work, but as soon as possible to get the result of work, even if that result is elusive. If still further we commit ourselves, as is so often the case, to that philosophy of materialism in which this brief life is the end of opportunity, so that but a few years are ours for the accomplishment of all which the survival of the fittest permit, then we will find no restfulness and blessedness in our work. For under such a view time is indeed too short, and every art is indeed too long. The true spirit of work, which has no time for extravagance, but time enough for what is right and true, grows best in the soil of that philosophy which sees one's work extending into the infinite world, and one's life on earth as but one part of life itself.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 